everyone welcome back to another episode of the third and 20 dynasty podcast i'm jt joined by frank and lunas no jake this week uh we are the week after fourth of july so that means not a whole lot in the nfl news and notes segments uh, the only little slight touch-up was alvin kamara pleaded no contest to his um I think it was aggravated assault charges. That might be wrong. But he pleaded no contest to whatever happened. So instead of a felony charge, he's getting a misdemeanor charge. Uh, in the world of the NFL, that doesn't mean a whole lot because the NFL can just suspend him anyway. So yeah, uh, we're still going to just have to wait and see what the NFL decides to do. Um, I wouldn't say much actionable note comes from this. I did see in one of our leagues, someone put Kendra Miller on the block following this news. Um, but otherwise, I don't think it's that important. Um, Wait, so it literally just means zero? No, just nothing going yeah, on there? Yeah, because well, the NFL just, at the end of the day, the NFL just decides whatever the NFL wants to yeah. do. So uh, whether he was charged and um, was found guilty versus him being innocent here, the NFL is just going yeah, to pick whatever yeah, they want. Do whatever they want. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. But that was our news and notes. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook still not signed. Other than that, we're kind of just in a waiting period for training camp and all that other stuff. So we figured we would start off with some theoretical talk for you guys and then go into our divisional breakdown. Um, so wanted to kick it off with trades that we're doing. Um, I'm going to start us off because I was talking on the phone today with one of our viewers, Parker. Um, and Parker was initially trying to see what I'd be willing to give up. We haven't done our rookie draft yet. Why I'd be willing to give up 207 or 208 in the Superflex rookie draft. Um, but eventually it was a long, long about way of trying to see what I would give Terrace Marshall up for because I have Terrace Marshall. Um, so. I don't know about you guys, but this is kind of a two-pronged thing here because it's two players that aren't very interested, like aren't very coveted, I guess is why I'd say the word is. But what I offered Parker, and let me pull up the chat just to make sure I have it right, is I offered Parker Terrace Marshall and 207 for Cam Akers. Parker, on keep trade cut, that says it's fair. Parker wanted no part of it. He wants a, a, an equivalent of a first, a late first for K-Makers. I said, there's no way he's getting that. But when when you're dealing with guys of these value, right, guys that aren't, it's easier to trade. <laughs> yeah, that might be where I was going. <laughs> it's, it's easier to trade wide receivers that, like, like I'm pretty sure DJ Moore was one of, like, the most traded wide receivers or one of the most traded players um in, in recent years uh just because like he is coveted by teams like people want to try and get dj Moore. they see him as like an undervalued player and they want to get him before he goes up kind of thing um vice versa people see him going to all these different teams only putting up wide receiver two numbers at best um and they want out on dj Moore. so he's an easy, easily tradable player with guys like cam Akers and tyrus marshall where they've largely been disappointing in their careers um, a few more bright spots, I'd say, for Cam than Terrace Marshall, uh, but largely overall disappointing. How do you guys navigate trying to trade those kind of players? It's tricky because it really does come to like a person-to-person -person basis. Where like in your example, like Parker Value and Cam Akers is like 
like a, what is it, a late first? And I could easily see multiple people being like, I value him as a late second or like a, like something like 208. Um, so that's what kind of makes it hard uh, with those kind of guys where it's like really does depend on person to person basis. In terms of trying to trade them, I find it easier to do what you kind of did where you attach a draft pick to them and just try to move up a couple spots rather than just trading them straight up for a pick. Because I feel like trading them straight up for a pick a lot of times, like, uh, what do you think you're getting Terrace Marshall for? Like, if you just traded him straight up, probably not a, a second. Third. Yeah, it's probably a third. I was gonna say probably that. Where it's like, I'd rather just attach him to like if I have a late second to try to like move up some spots because I don't know those guys. It's like standalone value, or at least maybe like throwing him not even like a draft pick trade, but it could be like throwing him into a player trade to maybe get something done. I, I feel like those are kind of the best situations to handle them because trading them alone is hard. I, I I disagree though because it really depends on the asset. I think that Cam Akers right now is a, a tradable piece. You just have to be realistic about the price tag. To me, if you're asking for a first round pick for Cam Akers, that's being unrealistic about the price tag. Realistically, and it's probably the same thing with Isaiah Pacheco for a lot of people, where the people that that have him, especially if you bought him for let's say a second during his camp hype, what, you're just going to trade him for then a second? No, you're going to obviously ask for a first-round pick. But if you're actually tr actively trying to move a player, you can't ask for that high of a price tag. You just – like, there, there's a fine line of player that's like, okay, that – at least for me. I, maybe this isn't for other dynasty players, but there's a fine line of first-round quality pick player and non-first-round quality pick player, right? Cam Akers, with all the blemishes, and part of that is if I can fucking sell him again for a first, right? But Cam Akers, too many blemishes on the resume. The Rams' offensive line is probably going to suck. His, uh, a lot of his perceived value is just, okay, he's the only guy in a crappy rushing offense, and he's shown some flashes. It's not worth a first-round pick. No, agreed. Now, I did pull up recent trades involving Cam Akers, and it's, let me tell you, all over the place. Cam yeah. Akers for Dallas Goddard, straight up. What? That was one of the trades. Um, then you got <clears throat> Cam Akers and 310 for 203 and 301. You have Cam Akers and Michael Thomas for 212 in this year's draft. Cam Akers in a second for Tony Pollard, the 2024 second, that is. Um, Cam Akers... Now, see, this one's not super flex. I don't think so. I'm not going to use that one. Cam Akers for a 2024 second and a 2025 second. Cam Akers and Daniel Jones for Russell Wilson in a 2023 first. Um, Cam Akers for Miles Sanders in a 2024 third. Um, Akers had more. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Cam Akers in a 2024 third for Rashad Bateman. So I'm telling like, he is all over the place in terms of what Cam yeah. Akers is getting traded. I mean, he's he's at least a high second, generally speaking. That's that's what it looks like. <clears throat> so yeah, you can, you can get that. You can re-roll on an A-chain, a Kendra Miller, a Charbonnet. You can get your first pick on whatever second-round receiver you want. You can end up with a Will Levis. Like, there's plenty of players that you can move Cam Akers into. I, I really don't think he's a, a, a hard player to trade right now. No. Terrace Marshall, on the other hand. Cool. Terrace Marshall is tough because he's, he's <laughs> yeah. not great. No, but he does have the – it's the same as kind of every year with Terrace Marshall. Like, he's got some kind of appeal with him where 
this Panthers wide receiving core is just suspect at best. Um, rookie quarterback in Bryce Young there. Maybe he could turn around for this team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you need some serious camp mm-hmm. hype for him to be really be like a, a tradable player. Right. Yeah, when, when I was saying like attaching, I was thinking more so like with Terrace Marshall in mind, where like him individually is would be really hard to trade. Or if I had him, I'm probably just holding, unless I'm doing like where I'm attaching mm-hmm. to a, a trade where there's other pieces that you're giving away or in one other piece. I'd probably just hold and just wait that there's some kind of good camp report and then just try to jump on that. And even then, maybe still have him just as an attached. I can makers, I agree, is kind of easier to sell. You could get like a second, but Terrace Marshall selling individually, it's. Ter- Terrace Marshall's in the realm of Mikol Hardman and Van Jefferson and Zay Jones and I'm trying to think of other guys, Taquan Thornton, where there's like some appeal, but like. <laughs> And until like people see cloggers. it yeah exactly they are just roster cloggers like uh, the chances of those guys breaking out are so slim i think um that it is kind of i, I don't know I, this is more of a roster yeah it's more of a roster construction question i guess like at what point is it worth just cutting bait for whatever you could get for these guys um because obviously they still are worth something like Mikol hardman just isn't on waivers like he's available yeah um uh he's 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 someone that gets traded for as i'm pulling it up right here um a third looks like he's in the realm of a third yeah um, you'd be lucky to get three fourths three fourths i'm seeing um yeah i i don't know i i think something i'm going to have to start buying into more is knowing when to cut bait with players i mean in terrace marshall that answer was probably two years ago before he touched the field um but um when when they're bad and you can still get some kind of value for them and just re-roll into something else um i think that is the time now where i'm going to be doing that a lot more with players although i'm going to be kind of hypocritical when we get into this over-unders because there are some players I think are worth a roster spot, spot that are currently worth very little on keep trade cut. Yeah, it's it's interesting on what to do. I, I, one of the things I will say, though, and this may have happened with Terrace Marshall, is that when, when you have players that reach that third-round type valuation, a lot of those players become really hard to trade when they're trending down assets especially because you get into the mode where it's like, oh, I want a second form because they were worth a second, right? So like Cole Komet was probably another example. And he might still, apparently I keep drinking, he might still be worth a second. That astonishes me, <laughs> but I digress. Crazy. He was a player that's like, look, he's been worth a second round pick. He's been worth a second round pick. Oh, look, he's doing well. He's on a young offense, this, that, and the other. Now the 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 Bears bring in a bunch of passing options. They bring in another tight end and it's like, what do you do? I don't, I'm only going to sell him for a second round pick. I'm not going to sell him for a third. That's bullshit. That's, I think, where where a lot of people fall into. And I think that a lot of people probably fell into that mindset for Terrace Marshall. It's like when it was still time to sell him, it, it was like, why am I going to just sell him for a third? I'd rather keep him, let's say, midway through the rookie season to see if, like, he starts playing. You know? Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it, it is a little bit hindsight 2020 because what if you sold Christian Watson early? 
right? There, there's another example of like a guy who wasn't really doing well, wasn't seeing the field. You sell him for peanuts on the dollar, and then all of a sudden he just gets on the field and starts working out. Yeah, but for how many Christian Watsons are there? You know, the Terrence Marshalls, the Michael Hardmans, the Sarah Sarah. Um, I think it's more important to sell out of players that actually have value that are overvalued than ones that have menial value. Losing on like Terrace Marshall was like what a mid second round pick. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a little bit annoying. Like yeah, that that's kind of in the range, but it's not the end of the world if you miss out on that. Missing out on your one oh six and then holding into the ground there is way worse than missing out on a two oh six because I can get another two oh six. That's not really hard to do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Jalen Rager immediately came to mind there when you talk about like just holding. Um, well, I mean, right. the guy that I got burned by was Zach Wilson, right? There was plenty That's of wrong. opportunities <laughs> to sell Zach Wilson, and in some ways, yeah, because of it, he's still somehow quarterback thirty. Uh, I don't know. I feel so. I feel still kind of high <laughs> at this point, where he's just gone. Burnt into the ground. Who's like the two QBs after him? Uh, Sam Darnold and all right, I don't know how this guy's so high, but Mike White. Respect him. Mike White's <laughs> uh, I'd probably have Sam Darnold ahead of. Eh, actually, I don't know. I think they're just generally in the same tier right now. Yeah, this is just the. I, I don't know. The. We'll, we'll get stuck into another San Francisco quarterback debate in a second. Yeah, I did listen to Sam Darnold on part of my take. He was actually kind of interesting. Fun fact. So here's someone I do want to talk about, and that's DK mm-hmm. Metcalf, because I have him in one of my leagues, and I just think that he's kind of a weird player. Maybe Tyree Kill is kind of in a similar vein, where it's like these guys are so good, but DK Metcalf is starting to be in that point where like the veteran tag is being labeled on him. And you just can't get that wide receiver one price that you're really looking for with with DK. Like, you can't command the same price that you can for T. Higgins. You know, you can't command the same price. I mean, Olave is probably worth that much lower than T. Higgins. I just think, on average, you would have a much easier time getting a wide receiver one like a, a wide receiver five or six price for T Higgins than for DK. Okay. Uh, that's fair. Uh, how old is DK now? Twenty five. Twenty five. That's still so I'd still have DK over Higgins, but maybe that's a bull take. Um because I do agree the perceived value is like Higgins is gonna get you the better return. Higgins has gone like a round above DK and startups. And I, I agree. I think that they should basically be priced the same. I, mm-hmm. I would price them about the same. Yeah, it's crazy what perception is. DK Metcalf is only one year older than T. Higgins. Well, yeah, that, the thing is, too, though, is I think that DK, the situation is worse, but I think that as a player, he's more likely to have a season where he just goes fucking nuclear than T. Higgins. But T. Higgins is in that, you know, if Jamar Chase goes down, oh, Joe Burrow is so nasty, he can feed T. Higgins and then yeah, 
And then like JSN got added to Seattle. I mean, I get like why people would say that. That it's just crazy. I, I think DK's become a little bit underrated, honestly. Um, yeah, and that's the issue I have is that I feel like DK in any league that I have him, it's like oh, I can't sell him because he's a dude that. I mean, one good season, he could be where A.J. Brown is right now in Dynasty ranks, or at least around there. And he goes out there and puts up 1,400 yards. Would Would you what like was, to hear some recent DK trades? What was his stat line last season? Uh, yeah, go for it. Dude, 2020, he puts up 1,300 yards. What if he does that season again? Yeah, okay, what did he do last year? On only 129 targets. Yeah, he no, got he 141 last year. Ah. Um, okay, what was that? Oh, DK, DK trades. Um, so we have DK for, I wish it would say what the 2023 first was, but DK for a 2023 first straight up. Um, that happened like four or five times. There, <laughs> there's a bunch of DKs straight up for a 2023 first. Which one? Don't know. It, it's really... probably either the Addison or the JSN pick. One of yeah. those two. DK gives pick. I could see that. DK and 2024 second for Jerry Judy and 2024 first. Um, DK and Zay Flowers for C, uh, CD Lamb. Um, that's a little too many pieces for my liking. DK and a first for Olave and a 2025 second. Um, and then if you really want to just break DK up, DK for Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, and Irv Smith Jr. Those are the recent trades involving DK. Well, the one that sparked my my interest was that Judy in a first for DK in a second. That seems the most feasible, if you ask me. Like, is yeah, that is that the the strat if you're selling DKs to just try a trade like that? Maybe with like Traylon. If you're Tra- set on I- selling DK, mm-hmm. I think so. Um, and like, who are some of the receivers in like Judy's tier? Like, who's like another? Well, guy I I would just go down that whole tier of receivers on Bulletproof. If you look, it's like somewhere between the end of the fifth and like mid seven, I think. Yeah. Okay. So where it includes likes game. of. Ayuk, Dotson, Godwin, fucking Zay Flowers. Calvin Ridley, Terry, Terry McLaurin. Yeah, McLe- there's there's so many. Hollywood. Um, yeah. I mean, okay. Judy, you could probably put in there. Christian Watson, he might be a little smidge above, but it really, like Christian Watson's a weird one. DJ Moore. Like, I would just I honestly might just try them all, right? Like, mm-hmm. find the one or... or more tactically speaking, find the one where the guy's team makes sense for you to do that, right? You know, play a little fucking... Of of the players that you were talking about, there was a DK trade for um, Traylon Burks and two 2024 seconds. Even something like that, I I don't really know, though, because I kind of need depth in that league that I have him, but... You know, it is DK, right? Like I can I have some picks. I can sell picks for depth if I want to. But that that's the other question though, is that like when is it worth to sell these picks to try and become a, a you know, a um a mid level playoff team when I'm an average team, generally speaking? 
it, it, I think it really depends on the player you're trading for. Um, because if it's someone like, like who's really on the younger side, like I don't think that can usually ever go wrong if they're like, like a surefire, like so, like you know, like okay, even if I don't become a contender right away, this is like a blue chip piece for a while, and you can always flip them again. Um, so say like you're spending a lot to buy to get like um. I don't know, like he's like a younger guy who's not like like crazy high, uh, like a Devonte Smith or someone like that. Because I, I feel like people like players like that, or even like a Jalen Waddle, but that's a little bit more pricey. I guess like I'll throw in like an Olave too, because those like even if you end up not becoming a contender, and then like if things go south, you'll be able to sell them in like whatever maybe two years for a ton of value. I think it becomes risky when you're a middling team and you trade for like uh, let's just say in this instance it's like a Tyree Kill. Where, yeah, he's going to go off, but like someone like him in two years, if it doesn't work out, you're going to have lost a lot of value on that. So I'll pay up for like the guy who's younger in that situation. Otherwise, I'm probably holding. If that all makes sense, I hope I worded that well. Yeah, I, I think it depends on the price, though, a little bit. Because what if to get Devontae, the guy wants a first and like an early second versus Tyreek Hill, you can just give him a random first. And that that's the price difference. Like that could be a pretty significant gap where if you're just looking to be a contender. Are you saying on top of DK? Or are you just saying no, 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 I'm just saying in general. I'm just saying in general. Because like, okay, so here's the conundrum I'm in. Is that I have I have a good roster. It's not insane. I have good players. Like I have Mahomes, Chubb, Aaron Jones, DK, Deontay, Kyle Pitts in a two tight end league. Camara, Penny, Dotson, but like no bench. I have a handful of running backs that might play. Receivers are kind of mid. Tight ends are mid and like no quarterbacks. I have some picks next year. You know, I have all firsts, right? Like multiple seconds, thirds. It's not a ton, but it's like in a perfect world, I would move just for three players, three trades straight up, right? A second for a player, a second for a player, a first for a player. But is that actually worth doing? Or is it more worth to try and break up some of the higher tier assets for more depth and then keeping the draft picks to refill and hopefully snowball and get better even the next season? See, I think your team there is in an interesting position because you have a couple guys that it's like they're in their prime like right now. Like when you say like Nick Chubb, right? Um, Aaron Jones, where I think in your situation, I think it makes a little bit more sense to maybe go for like in too high for like a Tyreek Hill or I don't know another vet receiver who I think is like a nice buy right now if you're trying to like compete next year is Cooper Cup. I feel like his value is kind of dropped to the point where he's almost like underrated if you're trying to win right now, um, and he's someone who can end up like a top five receiver that you can maybe get for like. I did buy him in one of my leagues. It was um, 110 and my second next year for Cooper Cup. I think that's like a great because I think there's, if he stays healthy, I think, I don't want to say like a thousand percent lock, but I bet a lot of money that he finishes top 10 with a possibility of top five. Yeah, I mean, he's just so nasty. It's like I'm willing to pay that for the upside. Yeah. So I, that's I think pretty cheap for Cooper Cup. But that's why I was thinking, yeah. like, what if I what if I broke down DK Metcalf, got more draft capital, and still had a receiver, and then I had 
a more because like i don't want to just full sell all the picks next year because i still do have a nice core regardless of the running backs who i don't think they'll all disappear next year i think they'll still no. be usable but like mahomes Pitts, as of right now dk Jahan dotson like these are pretty decent players to build around very decent and to have a team around well mahomes and Pitts definitely um the thing is, if you are going to sell DK, I think I would just sell Nick Chubb too. Um, he has gone down a little bit, like he's RB thirteen at this point. But I mean, if you if the idea of selling DK is to go into picks and everything, and you're not competing, you're kind of just holding the bag then with Nick Chubb and just having him get another year older. No, it's not that I'm not. Good. I wouldn't be competing. I would want to do a trade like that. Going into just tearing down from DK into a Judy, upgrading a, a okay. second into a first. I'll even go lower than a Judy. Let's say it was like Christian Kirk. And then moving, then I'd have an excuse, I feel like, to move that second or a first for another player. Mm-hmm. I'm just interested in, okay. Um, or is it worth just move everything, right? Do that strat I was saying earlier. Just move a first and two seconds, and maybe even a third. Just get four players in straight up deal. Hold on. Here's this is crazy to me. Apparently, Hollywood Brown plus a like a, a down the road first, like a 2025 or 2026, which people are now already trading. Um, Hollywood Brown plus that first is pretty common for DK Metcalf. I'm looking at trades that have happened recently. Hollywood Brown in 2024 second for DK is on the table. So it's it's somewhere in that you're in that late first, early second range of Hollywood plus a first for DK. I would do something like that. If you I would then, off, yeah. yeah. Let's just say it's a second. Let's say for whatever reason the first is unrealistic. Guy who has Hollywood doesn't want to move off of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's say it's a second. I would then take Nick Chubb, right? I don't know if I could pull up simultaneous trades here slash also trades with picks. But I would package Nick Chubb plus that kind of pick to then just get yourself into a more elite slash more stable fantasy output. So like Nick Chubb's running back 13, I think I said. If yeah. I can move up into... um well, you like Josh Jacobs. Um, you probably could get even higher than Josh Jacobs, though. Um, See, I just love Nick Chubb, though, dude. Nick Chubb is just I know. Like, I know you love Nick Chubb, but the problem is, like, at this point, he can have a stellar year, and he's still going to be going down. Like, yeah. there's just – there's – we've hit the wall for Nick Chubb. It's kind of like – Dalvin Cook didn't have a great year, but he plummeted a crazy amount. Um, I'm trying to think of someone who had a good year, who was older, who just didn't fall off a cliff. Austin Eckler, I guess, but even Austin Eckler has dropped out of the top five. Um, but see, so the, 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 my other it? argument, though, is for this team, once again, should I just start selling all these picks for players and not just, like, go super old, but just one-for-one one good value young I would rather. Players. I would rather not just trade your picks for players if we're like i'd rather hold on to the picks um and just try and use players to make these trades happen but like with your case where you don't have a lot of depth um and you are well, looking i can compete, i can sell kyle pitts or mahomes and create a shit ton of I depth wouldn't, 
But yeah, that's uh, the problem. Is that I don't want to sell those guys. My team. Yeah, they are they're retiring on my team. Yeah. Um, I kind of am fraud because I traded you Mahomes in a home league, but Kyle Pitts is retiring on my team. I'm just gonna yeah. go down with that ship. Because um, the thing is with this team, like <laughs> I need a I need a QB. I mm-hmm. need one QB, which I, I'm thinking I could do like a second for a Tannehill or a Stafford or someone if I really needed to. Um and then I need like one receiver, and I'm basically a playoff level team. Well, all right. I mean, that kind of just solves your problem right there. Is just DK for Hollywood in a second. You can trade. I don't even know if Stafford's worth a second at this point, but you could get an a equal kind of quarterback for that second. Um, slash, you might even be able to get that first for Hollywood. Like I, I don't know. I've seen a decent amount of trades where Hollywood plus a first was going for DK more so than Hollywood plus a second. Um. Now, if we're talking about that kind of equivalent quarterback, that's where the problem lies is, like, I don't like most of the quarterbacks in that range. The only one that I'd even, like, remotely consider is... Is that worth, like, what, like a late first? Um, Late first, early second. Oh, oh, that's easy. It's either you're going... To me, you're either going Kenny Pickett or you're going like Derek Carr, and you're probably going to be oh, underwhelmed in either Derek scenario. Carr. Yeah, I don't want. No, I. I think in my case, let me see. I mean, I mean, here there's like a Jared Goff. I'd rather Jared Goff than Derek Carr. Yeah, Jared Goff is just like you know what you're getting. Like you're getting 16 points a game. Maybe. Yeah. Like it's just it's not exciting. It's not going to win you weeks. Yeah, and There's listen, a, I don't love Kenny Pickett, but he's got more upside than basically yeah. anyone else around him. Kenny yeah. Pickett, Kenny Pickett's there. Well, the guy is Trey Lance. If if he yeah, that's out. Trey yeah. Lance fits the bill as well. Yeah. Like I, I think yeah. he's a fine buy at his price right now, given the um, upside. Like they can in in one month of football double their value. Like I saw it realistically. In, I think it was the dynasty red. Someone was like, "Yeah, some guy offered me two hundred six for Trey Lance." I was like, "Like someone offered me Trey Lance for two hundred six, as in he was trading away the two hundred six, And he was like, "No, I'm not giving up that much for Trey Lance." I'm like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> well, how's how's everything changed that much?" Um, but yeah, Trey Lance, the the one that I just I I have no idea what he's going to do this year with Russell Wilson. Um, if he bounces back, he could find himself back close to that like um he'd probably be going in around the sixth round fifth round if he manages to bounce his way back he's currently going in the seventh um there's not much else because otherwise it's just like not good quarterbacks or like not exciting quarterbacks like you know you're getting 15 16 points per game they're probably going to have two or three years in the league of like you feel comfortable about but after that it's going to be big question marks the likes of the mac jones um, the Will Levis, Brock Purdy, Jordan Love, those guys, it's just, I don't want them. I, I don't want those guys. I'm not trading for them. Picking Will Levis in a startup is different. I mean, in a rookie draft is different, though, because he's just cheaper there. Um, but, yeah, you guys have anything else you want to add? No. No, not really. Let's get to the over-unders. Okay. This first one's oh. going to be interesting. Yeah, um, we're kicking off with the NFC North. So, Lunas, you missed last week with the uh, NFC South. 
Yes. I believe we covered. Or two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah, sorry. Because of uh, we did not have an episode on the 4th of July. Um, if I remember, we did look at last year's NFC, NFC South, right, Frank? No, we did not. Oh, we didn't look at last year's NFC South? All right. Oh no! Yeah, we we looked at last last year's NFC South. Yes, let's look at last year's NFC North. Sorry, I got confused. Um, yeah, or NFC North. It's one of my favorite segments. The breaking down of the yeah yeah. Well, it's funny. It's funny looking back on it. So last year we did this in on June twenty first, twenty twenty two. I want to see some of them. Frank had a big fat overrated on Justin Fields. A little spoiler alert. Yeah, that, yeah, I'm showing on the screen. That was, and it's funny because I may put a U next to him this episode. <laughs> I think I might flip him, but no, we're about to break him down real quick. Wait, wait, wait. Oh. wait. Uh-huh. Um, okay, never mind. I'll just wait. I'll wait up to say my thing. I'm just. You did have a big um, fat O on Jordan. I will Love say, dude, apparently. big big dub for all of us. We all had underrated on Jared Goff. Yeah, I mean, quarterback thirty for a guy who's going to be the starting quarterback. Um, we need to we need to delete the NFC step. It's just uh, I'm looking at it. We all <laughs> had an overvalued on Aaron Rodgers, which I feel like was a relatively. Uh, I mean, up, but... <laughs> uh, never mind. Sorry, they didn't. No, I know we're not doing this. But we all had Kenny Galladay's underrated last. <laughs> I know. I know. I brought that up um, before we before we went on episode. Yeah, that is over. No, NFC East is going to be tough to break down. It's bad. Um, yeah, Jordan Love. We all had overrated, which is rough. Kirk Cousins, eh, fine. He's the same. I had a solid underrated on Kellen Mond. <laughs> Tough one. Um, uh, yeah, I said DeAndre Swift was underrated at running back three as we move on to running backs. Um, not great currently. Hey, I'm gonna Eagles, I'm gonna pat on pat myself on the back with um having underrated on both the the Chicago running backs. And even though David Montgomery's value is a little bit down from where it was last year, I feel like you're still fine if you have him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw last year how um how they like it's like it's gonna be a split backfield and he's gonna get the goal line. Hey JT, you at least also like because yeah, you were the only one with underrated on DeAndre Swift. It's a little bit of an L, but you you did have the underrated on Jamal Williams though. Yeah, who I came mean, in back, and was a beast. <laughs> yeah, run back sixty four did feel too far off. Of course, naturally, J.K. Dalvin Cook is underrated at RB ten. Um, I feel like we all like, kind of smashed the, the bait of AJ Dillon. Yeah. RB 18 last year. That's crazy. And we all oh. got Allen Madison, though. We, Looking we at underrated Aaron Jones, but like his, he's lower now than RB 20, but like he had a good season. Yeah. I, like, yeah that's where it gets tough with these. Like, well, like we considered, we considered Mike Evans kind of a low key win. Because if you held him, he probably helped you in, in like, like a championship run. Yeah, like, his value went down. Yeah, because I was gonna say like in Aaron Jones' case, like I if correct me if I'm wrong, um, didn't he finish like as a low end RB one, or if not like one of the top two RB twos or something? Yeah, he had a, he had a good season. Is but just, like now on keep check Cut, he's like RB twenty four. It's just like yeah. Look at that disgusting U I had on Cole Komet. As the the tight ends. Jake had Jake had a rough go of these tight ends. <laughs> 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 I just went off with Jake 
<laughs> all, um, all of us knew it with Irv Smith being four. <laughs> yeah, Irv Smith <laughs> fifteen. Um, all right. Uh, where are we looking now? Wide receivers. Wide receivers. Only one. Yikes! With my U on Darnell Mooney. I was never a Darnell Mooney guy. Lunas on the underrated with Fellas Jones. Oh, uh, yeah. Amon Ra, all of us with overrated oh, yeah. at wide receiver 30. He's like wide receiver oh, seven now or something God, like that. That's so brutal. <laughs> Yikes. Christian Watson, wide receiver 38. Lunas had, had an underrated on Jameson Williams at wide receiver 19. He went and didn't play for the year. Oh, never mind. I thought he actually went up. He went and played for the year, then got suspended this year, and I thought and he was still, still and he's still up. like twenty five. He, he's wide receiver twenty seven. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I thought he went up. Not a fellow yet. Uh, oh, no, my, definitely not. My you on Adam Thielen. Uh, we're all there with you. Brutal. Who's above Justin Jefferson? Jamar Chase. I mean, Jamar Chase. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's hilarious is that Justin Jefferson was unironically a really good buy last year. Even if you paid the astronomical price tag, he probably yes. went up. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get okay, to let's this year. Yeah. All right. We're in the quarterback. So I already feel Dude, like, like we're going to be dissenting here. I don't know. This is tough for me because, me like, you. The thing is with Justin Fields, it's not a confident you. <laughs> it's not a confident you. It's not a confident you. But given it what he showed on the field and what his talent level is, like I just think that he's a, a case of like, okay, it, it's kind of worked. And the thing that he struggles with is just a lot of the easy stuff. And and someone like Daniel Jones really put that together this year. Yeah. I think that Justin Fields got acclimated even faster than Daniel Jones. He just needs to clean some shit up, and he can really be torching people. Like, it's more so at that late first valuation that you're getting him in startups. I actually think that Justin Fields is a really good buy. So, so here's my thing with Justin Fields. And by the way, he's actually, like, I'm rooting for him to prove me wrong with the overrated because he's actually, like, someone who I find super excited. Obviously, everyone finds him super excited to watch, but I want him to be a successful quarterback. It's just, if you look at the quarterbacks ahead of him, the seven ahead of him, I can't see any scenario where he surpasses one of them, and I see multiple guys after him that I could see kicking him out of the top ten. Down to, like, all these rookies, uh, you got Kyler, like, Dak, like, and he needs to improve a lot as a passer also because the Bears have the Panthers pick and their own first-round pick next year. Like, if if he doesn't start winning games and looking good, that's potentially two top-ten picks. They're going to be, like, in the Caleb conversation and Drake May conversation. And they passed on Bryce Young this year. They gave him a weapon. But if he doesn't, like, I'll, if you are if you have Justin Fields, you're kind of hoping for I, – I don't think you can expect nearly, like, as big a leap as, like, He's kind of in a similar situation as Jalen Hurts was after his uh, season starting. But even then, like, I think he was Jalen Hurts was a little bit better as a passer. Like, he led the Eagles to the wild card round. Um, you're kind of, you're hoping for that kind of jump. Because if he does improve, he becomes automatically like a fucking beast in fantasy because of his rushing upside. But that alone isn't getting, it's just him keeping a starting job. That's what worries me. Because they're going to probably have two good draft picks. Um, Dude, you're crazy. And, what, what what about that was crazy? I, I just 
I think that they've kind of made that determination this year. If you're worried about yeah, the draft they, they picks, they just Fresh had Young. number yeah, they just had number yeah, one. Yeah, no, like, they they gave him weapons, and if if he's not good this year, they're gonna have two top ten picks next year. And a draft pack and a draft class. Was yeah, you're right. If he really shits the bed. Yeah, if he really shits the bed. Like he is to keep that pick like out of the top ten, and then never mind the Panthers pick where they have their own rookie quarterback situation. It's I don't know. That's what I'm like. I said I'm rooting for him. Especially, I think I have him in uh, one of the um, side leagues, but uh, I don't know. It's just because they're, especially like the recorder, like right now on, I know it's just keep Trey cut, but um, give me one sec. Let me pull it up. Like value wise, he's like, like equivalent to like, forget quarterbacks, like Garrett Wilson. Um, uh, he's ahead of AJ Brown, Jalen model. But then it's like, you look at some of the quarterbacks after him, you have all the rookie quarterbacks. So that's, um, that's Stroud, that's Bryce Young, that's Richardson. Uh, yeah, and you're going to have guys, Kyler and you're going to have Dak. Kyler, Dak. Like, Lutus, I agree with you. I'm not going to take Justin Fields necessarily one for one over Kyler. I'd rather have Kyler. I think if you want, if you think that Bryce Young is better than Justin Fields, go ahead and tear down into whatever rookie quarterback you want. CJ Stroud, I think that's a fine move too. But the fact of the matter is, is that I am not really worried about Justin Fields being replaced by a draft pick next year in like any stretch. The only thing I'm worried about is him not being elite. And to me, the way that he's not an elite fantasy football player is simply if his passing really sucks. If he's like a Marcus Mariota, if he gets to the level that the average passer in the league is in the NFL, he is a dominant fantasy oh, weapon. Like, yeah, I agree. Like Lamar is kind of that right now. Is no, that, you know, he's a good that. passer and well, he's cooking. But are we saying that Justin Fields keeps that same rushing? Because I'm no, like, I'm, not, I'm, not worried, I'm not worried about him to. keeping his uh, like a good rushing. Maybe he's not going to have as many like seventy yard touchdowns, but he's going to have a lot of rushing production. I'm sure whenever he starts, he's going to be like good in fantasy. It's just my only concern with him is his long term status as a starter and. He just needs to, Frank. You're right. He just needs to become like a league average passer, and then just give me like 3,800 yards, 3,900 yards passing, and you are boom. You're a QB you're one easily. Like not only you're a high end QB one, because like you can you can dock down Justin Fields' rushing numbers by like 20, percent and you're still chilling. He's still an elite rushing category. True. I just, for where he's at, what he's like, he's essentially a, a first round startup pick. It's just too high for me for Justin Fields. I'd rather. It's interesting. Like I said, he's in the guys. exact same, like with startups, Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields are kind of in the same ADP uh, as each other, like a year prior to Jalen Hurts season this year. I just feel Maybe. wrong putting an O there because I, I think he's in a fine spot. No, I mean, right? Because, like, I mean, if you're right, you'll be. You'll be able to talk shit on it. Well, it's, it's just like, yeah, I agree with you. Kyler Murray, I'd rather have over over Justin Fields. But just because Kyler Murray's ranked behind Justin Fields, I don't think that means I'm going to put an O No, on like Justin if, it, if, it's, if it's just like one, yeah, obviously not. No, I'm with you on that. There's at least five players I'm looking at that I think so I'd rather have So we all believe that the, the Lions quarterback is – probably not on their team in the long term 
Yeah, well, even if it is Jared Goff, like you're paying kind of top, like you're paying you Kirk can. Cousin prices for, yeah, like, like previous Kirk Cousin prices for a guy who's just going to give you slightly less points than Kirk Cousins has. Um, so it's just kind of a wash. Like I'd rather just spend it elsewhere. There's way other, way more guys I'd rather have than Jared yeah. Goff at that price point. Some of these are tough because some of these ratings. I'm sorry, I'm like looking ahead. Some of them, I'm like that's yeah. fair. <laughs> right with Jared Goff, yeah. I just this is the this is the peak of Jared Goff. Everything's sunshiny, everything's yeah. rosy. This almost feels like he's about to go on his own little Carson Wentz arc, and it's like you thought he's oh. good again. Bold, but maybe. I mean, the only other thing that like Hendon Hooker is going to be out for, I think, most of if not the whole year. So he's not really a threat right now. He's also quarterback thirty three though, twenty five year old rookie quarterback. I'm not. So what's interesting is that at this price, I want to put a U because this is assuming he's almost like a super early third. I would <laughs> draft him in the super early third of drafts. Problem is, is that I feel like most of my drafts, I saw him sneaking into the late second. So I just wasn't willing yeah. to really draft late him. Late second is kind of great. Even early third, I'd rather, I don't know. I would rather just like throw a dart and just take a lottery ticket on a running back or receiver that I liked. I think there are some running backs that will usually go around the very early third that I would take over Hendon Hooker as well. Yeah. Um, like, it's usually, I mean, a guy that we're going to get into, like a Roshan Johnson, I've seen fall to the very early third, very late second, right around Hendon Hooker. I think that that just, there's just more realistic hitting chances exactly. yeah. than, than taking Hendon Hooker, so... I think in drafts overvalued for this valuation, I, I think it's fine given the upside. He's gonna be like twenty six before like I dude, I don't really care yeah. about that though. Am I wrong? Am I wrong there? Um no, but I just think like we're getting a worse version of Jordan Love where we're gonna have to sit and wait and I'm not convinced he's going to ever get the starting opportunity like we're about to see with Jordan Love. Uh, I, I see Hooker as end up kind of being a career backup. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's get into these running backs. Uh, so, man, Roshan Johnson's such a tough one. I, I really like Roshan Johnson. Roshan Johnson being the most valued running back out of the three kind of surprises me. Uh, I might just put a U on all of them. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Roshan Johnson's really close to being overvalued, but he's not quite there. Yeah. I, 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 mean, I think he I, is. I think, I think you can make the argument that's pretty fair value. I think what might be like leading me to say over uh, overvalued for him is because I think guys like Herbert should be valued higher, and then like Foreman's like twenty spots beneath him. Um, yeah, no, that's tough. Well, yeah, I agree with you because, and now this is making me want to put the O, is that you can make it a very taking off your dynasty goggles. You can make a really clear argument that Roshan Johnson is the third best running back on this roster right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like by a, a decent margin, right? I, I like Roshan Johnson. I think he has some nice potential, but if if the Bears are not are, are gonna ask Roshan Johnson to really read the leverage of his blockers and they're not gonna be well well aligned up front, well blocked up front, 
he could really struggle with his transition to the league. And then just be kind of relegated to only getting a handful of carries here and there, just as a bruiser. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> ah, fuck. Yeah. Ah, I'll, mm, uh, put the O. Fuck it. I, I, that. I think like any of these, someone from this backfield, though, is going to get a nice rise in value just simply from being the... The main guy. Can we just have an F? Can we have like a that's fair? Dude, that's what <laughs> I wanted. To, that's what I no, wanted. No, no fairness. Nope. We're not. We're not keeping our our feet in both both boats here. That's we're either over or we're under. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, I'm going over. I'm sorry, I have to do this to my guy Jameer Gibbs. I still think he's a top ten dynasty back, but five is. Uh, I'm not going to go under. I don't think Gibbs. Like yeah. Before. All right. Um. Lewis, if you are with us, the entire Lions backfield might be overrated. Um, wait, did I lag out? Oh, oh, I thought you said like I might. No, no, like, okay. yeah, on the sheet. Uh, I, I agree with the rest. The only one I'm like in eh, Montgomery, actually, yeah, because I think it's going to be Gibbs' backfield. Um, yeah, I think pro- Montgomery's fine. Like he's someone I'd want to put just like an F, like fair, but. Oh, did I put a U? Uh, I mean, once again, Montgomery, you're reaching like this James Conner type of argument where it's like if you buy James Conner and he finishes like RB18 on the year, was that, and then all of a sudden is like now at a James Conner kind of late secondy type of price? I want to pull up like who's he around. Like right now, like Montgomery's behind guys like Madison and Rashad White. But so is, like, Aaron Jones. Um, well, yeah, and I can make the argument, if you bought Aaron Jones last year, you're probably pretty happy because he's generally yeah. speaking the same price. Every year he has a good season and his value just goes down. It's funny. Um, <laughs> so that's why, like, I have him. Like, I'm, like, I'm just going to let him retire on my roster. Uh, yeah, I'll stick with you. Why not? Uh, All right, you're the only Aaron Jones. Only one in there. I think Montgomery's fine. Like he's he's good if you have him. Yeah. I'm just not going to buy him right now if I don't. Jameer yes. Gibbs. I think it's easy to put the O just because like he just has to be good to uh, more for yeah. like a long term. I think next year he, he's almost guaranteed to still be in the top ten, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to ascend higher. Mm-hmm. Actually, I might put the U on him. I was just, I'm now kind of because I feel like he's just yeah, gonna I go up. Just put the U on yeah, him. I'm gonna put the U on him. <laughs> okay. I'm with you. No, I think he's in terms of like, I think he's gonna end up still being or generally a top seven guy. Like, Jameer Gibbs is someone if we could put the F for fair, I would, but um, uh, so when I pull this back up, right, I'm, I'm gonna pull up the uh generally who he's around and the running backs that are in that range. Uh, give me one sec. Bijan's the only young one. So I guess Jonathan you... Taylor. Bijan and Jonathan Taylor and Brees Hall. Those are the three above him, that I think. And then it's Saquon. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, it's just it's Etienne, really... Kenneth Walker. Actually, probably right. Running back's in a weird spot now. Yeah. Because the old guard is starting to fade out. You guys and have convinced me. There's not really been a new guard to come in other yeah, than Yeah, you got you guys have convinced me. I'm in. Yeah. Um 
looking at the Packers, um, Frank, you're flip flopped on. A, do you think this is the year AJ Dillon takes over? Um, I, I honestly just think that at this point next year we might be starting to seriously consider the AJ Dillon taking over. Not that it necessarily happens next year. But I do think this is going to be a, a more run-first team. Um, and I, I think that could help Aaron Jones as well. But, yeah, I, I think that this is actually the year to potentially sell Aaron Jones if you can. I'm thinking about it in my league, but I, I, I might actually go more the contender route, that league I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. But right now, A.J. Dillon, to me, has the same outlook he did last year. But everyone else was way more optimistic that he was just going to be the RB1 out of nowhere. Right? Like, yeah. We, we've kind of seen, and you could point to Tony Pollard as a, as a great example, as a recent example, but it's happened with some really talented running backs in the past. Dude, sometimes there's just someone else good in front of you. And running back is one of the easiest positions in football for an average guy to look way better than he is. Oh, yeah. Like, we saw fucking um, Dion Lewis playing over Henry for a, for a hot minute. It's like, you know, yeah. let, let and I think that Aaron Jones is legitimately better than A.J. Dillon right now. But, you know, you let A.J. Dillon develop a little bit. He was He's kind of been a developmental guy. I do think that he could really boom this year. I've just never been. I think I think the case you have for AJ Dillon is with Jordan Love, they're probably going to lean into the run game more. Um, where like AJ Dillon's going to get more touches per game this year than last year, but um, uh, I mean, I I could I could see I could see you being right pretty easy. I don't feel confident in my overrated for him. Um, I I I just like him now. I I felt like AJ Dillon was. I've always wanted to get in on AJ Dillon, but always looked at his price tag like, okay, that's just absurd. Mm-hmm. Now is the one time I have seen. I'm like, whoa, that's not absurd for AJ Dillon. That's fair. No, I, I'm with yeah. you. I'm still sticking with overrated, but yeah, I don't because dude, he's really not that far ahead of a guy like Roshan Johnson. Yeah, well, it's kind of similar circumstances, no? Like a cloudy backfield, um, question marks on like how talented this player actually is. Um, interesting situation. I don't know. I feel like they are. The only thing is, AJ Dillon at least has done it a little bit, but Roshan Johnson's younger, so. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Let's move on to. We all think that Madison is overrated. Yeah. Yeah, and therefore, think, like, I'm just not convinced. I don't think you guys think he's overrated enough. Maybe you got the bull, though. I just, the thing is, I, I think we're all pretty confident he's not the workhorse back for this Minnesota um, offense. I don't think they're going to have him. Yeah, but the thing is, I think to, to win on this, like, you just get everyone else on this team because I think maybe one of those other players bounces out and actually becomes worth something, but it's not Alexander Madison. That's funny because I think that they're just going to pick up one of these veteran running backs, whether that's a Leonard Fournette, a Zeke. A Dalvin Cook. <laughs> um, but just for cheap. Uh, Kareem yeah. Hunt. I, I do think at some point they're going to end up signing one of those guys, whether it's at the in training camp or even like midway through the season. They could. 
I, I also, I don't know, but, I put a U just next to the guys that I like. I think that Dwayne McBride and Keenan Wonglu show potential, and I think the other mm-hmm. guys aren't really that great. Um, what was I going to say? This, this team, though, the Vikings are very analytically driven, so that's, I think, the one knock about them potentially going out and getting a Leonard Fournette, a Zeke, uh, whoever, just because... I don't think that's really in their philosophy and what they've been doing. If you're getting them for a good deal, like a one-year deal, I think that's where yeah, maybe, it does but... line, though. Um, all right, let's move along, though, to the tight ends. Cole Komet, still somehow tight end 16, still overrated. Yeah. Robert yes. Tunyon, though? Okay, yeah, wait, we'll stick on Cole Tight end 54 right. is crazy. <laughs> all right, never mind. We'll go to Robert Tunyon. Yeah. <laughs> what a fall from grace, because I think we just were looking at the NFC North breakdown um, a little while ago, and Robert Tunyon was tight end 25. Um, he's yeah. just, yeah, just he's completely been... plummeted. <laughs> 54, like. He's worth a roster spot, and tight end 54 is saying I you're agree. not worth a roster spot. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. And with Cole Komet, the fact of the matter is is that he's a player right now that I, I would have already mass-offered for a second. I, I'm not sure he's at, in that range. According to this keep trade cut price, he is in that potentially contender future second range. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that'll be an easy O for me. Sam Laporta, though, is... He's getting a nice U for me. He's getting a U. I, you know, I'm going to agree with you just because I really don't see him going down. Yeah, I'm I'm less worried about the tight end nine. The 3500 I feel like it's a good price for him. He's athletic. He has really good draft capital, uh, better than I expected. Um, look, I mean, this team also, like, it's Amon Ra, and then you got Jameson Williams out for, I think, half the year, six games. I forget how long he's out for. There's not going to be a lot of targets. Um, that being said, it takes a little while for tight ends to get, you know, get their feet under them. But if Sam Laporta starts getting on the field, I feel like tight end nine's fair. Um, I just like James Mitchell. Right. The the, the thing with Laporta that I have is that I don't think he's necessarily going to be like a world beater, barring that Lions offense is like really fucking nasty again. Mm -hmm. But he's... I feel like he could easily kind of do what someone like Dulcich was doing last season, but maybe even more consistently. And now it ends up being decent. Now this is this is biased, right? Because um, what I'm about to say, uh, Sam Laporta, if I'm remembering correctly, yeah, was an Iowa Hawkeye. George Kittle was also an Iowa Hawkeye. But they just had tight end you recently. Him and Travis Kelsey do it every year. I think Greg Olson's with them too. They, they invite like all the tight ends. They work out. They run routes. I don't know. It's just kind of a cool thing that they all do. Um, George Kittle was saying Sam Laporta looks the best out of any of these new new tight ends. Um, that could just be completely biased though, because it is just an Iowa guy hyping up an Iowa guy. Um, but I'm just gonna buy into it and believe it and kind of just willfully ignore it <laughs> and just use it to confirm my priors. Um, the only other players I think we have disagreement on as I'm looking, Frank, you say TJ Hawkinson's underrated. Yeah, I like TJ Hawkinson. 
Fair enough. <laughs> now it's talking tight ends. Um, well, it's, I don't know, like... Value is already, like, pretty high for me, though. Like, if I had to lean it going in one direction. Right, but is it, though? Because, okay, the tight end four, yeah, it looks high. But you look at that 47-11 keep trade cut price, that's really not that high in the grand scheme of things, right? Like, I can pay... It's like a wide receiver two type of price, and I can get someone who's in, potentially in the elite tight end tier in tight end premium. I think that's extremely favorable. I really doubt that many people who have TJ Hawkinson are considering selling for that low. Um, yeah, to that extent, I agree. I'm just, I don't know how to feel about Addison coming into this team and what he's going to do. Um, and where TJ Hawkinson lies in this target share. I mean, obviously Adam Thielen uh, was there, but kind of got pushed to the side um, in his older age. Um, so with Adam Le- Thielen leaving, I guess there is vacated targets. But I kind—I—I I think Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson are going to be fighting for that second target share role on this team. And if that's happening, I just don't think it's enough for TJ Hawkinson to really be all that great now that being said the reason i disagree mm -hmm. though is in this tight end premium environment as long as you have a tight end that's getting over 100 targets which i think tj hawkinson will get i think he'll get over 100 targets that's really all i need especially if you're getting these higher conversion rate targets right so he's getting a lot of reset a lot more receptions on those targets right i don't Mm -hmm. i'm not necessarily buying hawkinson at this price to be Kelsey, I'm being him to be my George Kittle. Have a couple of weeks where he goes nuclear and generally speaking, catch four balls a game. That tight end premium will just add up. It's a high floor play. Mm -hmm. I don't think Addison, even if he does pan out, it's like then then at that point to me that the this this Vikings offense just becomes elite. Because you can use the same argument against Kittle. Oh, like you have Ayuk, you have Debo. You have Kittle, you have McCaffrey. It's like, yeah, he's not going to be Travis Kelsey, but he can still be pretty fucking good and put up like 200 to two, to 220 fantasy points. Fair enough. I rest my case. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not saying he's like super overrated, TJ Hawkinson, because honestly, I don't know who's jumping him. And, and the player, he is at that weird value where he's like the end of the fourth round in startups. And it's just kind of a gross area. So TJ Hawkinson might be who I want there. But we'll see. What's funny is that that price is way higher than the keep trade cut listed price. Really? The end of the fourth is way higher than 4711? Because, like, what's like, what's like Josh Jacobs? What's he on keep trade cut? Yeah, Josh he's Jacobs. Basically, the forty-seven eleven. It's we. I guess it's right around there. Jordan Addison's around there. Jordan Addison's forty-seven eighty-nine. So like around that area. Jordan Addison is going five oh six in startups. It was probably fifth round, first half fifth round. Yeah, so there, there's kind of where I have the discrepancy is that Hawkinson will go above an Addison. But then if you were to ever sell Hawkinson, you're not really getting the Addison price. If that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, 
All right, let's move on to wide receivers. DJ Moore. I'll kick it off with DJ Moore. Um, the thing about DJ Moore is he's just perennially good. He's never great. But so I think... My thing with the O, mm-hmm. I think it's fair. I just had to pick one. Okay. Um, yeah, but where I was going with DJ Moore is just like, if people truly do think Justin Fields is going to take a jump and be like a good passing quarterback, then I think you have to have a U next to DJ Moore because that would be his best passing quarterback that he's had. Um, change of scenery, yada, yada, yada. Um, I don't necessarily subscribe to that idea, but I kind of just still like DJ Moore because I think he's just always underrated. Uh, Darnell Mooney, you guys both have to use on him. I, I just think he had his chance last year. I know they didn't throw the ball a whole lot, but that was not a good pass. So one, one thing I'll that say is that I, I think that what this offense is really set up for being nice down the field. Justin Fields' deep ball is really good. He can throw it on the run. They should have a decent running attack. So DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, even Claypool, like these are really nice vertically inclined receivers. So that's kind of where I'm seeing that this could be a pretty – it has it's an offense that has potential yeah it's more likely that they go back to being run merchants and all these guys have like meddling finishes but we've seen that with dj Moore, him finish as like somewhere in that wide receiver 17 to wide receiver 25 range being on a, a crappy offense um i like to believe that they went towards passing the ball down the field um I have something outlandish that I'd like to say. Go off, um, buddy. Uh, but are we done with the Bears? Are yeah, I just kind of like Mooney. I don't even know if okay. like this is a, a, a great. I guess I, for me, it's hard to judge the production in the last season because that just wasn't a consistent passing offense at all. Like Justin Fields had games like under 100 passing yards, and then he'd have like 160 rushing. Like. It, it was weird to an evaluate. It was weird to evaluate a receiver, right. and I just feel like, like I know he's talented, and wide receiver sixty seemed a little bit low, so that's why I lean underrated. Okay, you guys ready? This, yeah, this yeah. buckle up because what I'm about to say is uh, kind of insane. <laughs> I think Amon Rossi Brown can hit the triple crown this year in football like lead the league in receptions yards touchdowns i think i'm in uh, i told you it was atlantish i hope you, you buckled to, up because <laughs> look he he was like eighth last year in targets for the lions right this is a team that's gotten better i think we all agree this is a team that's gotten better his competition for targets, Jamison Williams is like the main guy. He's out. I still am not buying fully into Jamison Williams. It's only out six games. I'm in Ro- less than half the season. Yeah, but I, I, if anything, I think that might just help with the compliment. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not even, considering even, like, even the ideal scenario, Jamison Williams. I think in terms of they're different players too. Targets. Amon Ra is always going to get more. Jamison's always yeah. going to kind of be like you're banking on deep passes okay uh, Amon Ra also he was I believe eighth last year in targets but he got hurt in the New England game he only played uh 17% of snaps in the Dallas game in week seven um only 70% in the Chicago game and he completely missed the Seattle game so that's 
three games that he was like basically out for and then one game where he was out for a, a good chunk of it i think he can lead all of them and now the problem is like his competition like justin jefferson's obviously still great he's in this division i mean he does have jordan ass in there who knows how that shakeup's going to be and tj hawkinson um jamar chase and t higgins together tyree kill i feel like is going to fall off um the only my only concern so i think i think amon ra has got a very good shot at targets and yards it's the touchdowns where i i get curious about it but the way they've used him around the red zone i found encouraging they're they're willing to get him the ball in, in creative ways um i'm not sure how jameer gibbs is going to affect that if he's going to take that that's my only concern but i think he has like a i think of any of the receivers i think he's i think got the jameer best chance. gibbs receiving threat is a valid concern um, yeah, but I think it just helps this offense as a whole. Like I think no, this I, is a no, I do, like I do think that that that's unfortunately help the touchdowns. The yards and the touch. I could see him like in your ideal scenario. Receptions is the thing I would feel best about. Um, but man, like yards and touchdowns, like Jefferson, Jamar Chase, um, Tyree Kill, like. Yeah, it was outlandish. I'm just concerned that the Lions are going to kind of suck. You think oh, so? Really? After what happened last I, I year, think, uh, I think they, I think they're going to be good this year. Who, who I think that they division lost, is, though? That's going to. I think that division yeah, but the wide. thing no, is, you guys, here's the thing that you guys need to understand about the Lions. The division got worse. The Lions are Super Bowl champions and making you think they're going to be good. That's well, what they do. The difference between the Lions... I've never thought the Lions were going to be good. I've never thought the Lions were ever going to be good. Last season was a big like jump. Ever. They, they yeah, that's what you teams. say every year. Every year last no, season was a big jump a from the Lions, and it's all, it's looking up, it's only up from here. Right? It's like, every hold on, year hold on. Example, like, I'd be willing to bet on not making the playoffs in the NFC. I don't know if they're going to win the division over the Vikings, but if they don't, I think they're going to get one of the wildcard spots. I don't think they'll be like, like they'll probably lose in the first round, but like, so they're not going to be like insane, but they're going to be like, I can see like a, like a 10 and seven season. All right, I'll take, I'll take that bet on the Lions not making the playoffs. Dude, the NFC is weak. I wonder what. The what NFC, you got, you got, you got Philly, San Francisco and Dallas. And then this. Yeah, I just gets, don't trust the Lions. I think that this is honestly a team that one or two injuries and they could just really fucking suck. I mean, I mean, like if Jared Goff gets injured or something, yes. I'm no, I, you, Jared Goff can be fine. I don't think it's Jared Goff that is gonna I, be the I, issue. I don't, I don't need them to be good. <laughs> I just need Am Ra to get points though. But, yeah, but um, no, I mean, what the, does... like I know we're not talking fantasy, but like in the NFC, like who are the wildcard teams gonna be? One of them's gonna be Dallas. Like, I mean, Dallas, yeah. Then I guess Seattle. See, this is where we differ. This I'm more worried about the Lions, and you're more worried about everyone else, right? Like, yeah, but it has to be someone. I'm. I don't think that Jer. I think Jared Goff tricked us a little bit. <laughs> I yeah, tricked I think, us a little bit because that offensive line was good. I mean, he tricked us a little bit, but I think he has better weapons now. He's gonna have after six games. I mean, Amon Ra another year. I don't really think the web the weapons this year are any better than last year. I think they're better. I think uh, now that Jameer you have Gibbs I mean, and Swift is kind of a wash. And then um, otherwise, no, Gibbs is better than Swift. 
I, I think all things considered, like, okay, maybe Amon Ra is a little bit more developed, but I, I, I think the receiving car is worse right now than it was last year with the James no, Williams think... suspension factored in for, for me for six games but i think second year jameson Williams, mostly just that he should be fully healthy now off the acl tear i think that's a big boost the the line for the lines is um nine and a half wins the that sounds about right i mean my prediction was 10 and 7 and then the wild card spot sticking with it the packers line is seven and a half i'll six. take that under <laughs> <laughs> um uh, all right uh that was my outlandish take. I'm I still am not buying into Jameson Williams. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, it's whatever. I just think he's a he's a burner more than anything. I Maybe I'll I'll come wrong. out and say it. I'm not buying Jameson Williams. I'm a little too scared. But this is a fair price <clears> to get in on him at. So I, I still have to just trust my evaluation of his talent. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing. There's not really a whole lot else you could go off. Yeah. So. Uh, the six game uh, sucks, but I mean, the, the last time we saw him fully healthy play, I thought he was the best receiver in college football. So I gotta, I gotta stick with it. Or second, down best, the second best after Gary Wilson. Yeah, um, my problem with the Packers is Jordan Love is their quarterback, and none of these guys are going to be good. Yeah, they're, I like they're not Christian good enough Watson. on their own to hold. I was going to say, up. yeah, I like Christian Watson, but twenty one is kind of high because, like, if you look at some of the guys later in the twenties, I like them more, especially. Yeah, like pretty much what you said. I don't think Jordan Love's going to be able support guys like that romeo dobbs yeah i was torn on that because i think that's another one where i'd probably lean f but I, i'll go underrated I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt uh, i don't know i might just switch it i might just put i don't know i know just what? don't know what to do in this offense i what actually like these players like I, I think they're fine players i just don't know how to value them and i look at all their prices and it's just like slightly more than what i think they should be yeah, exactly. Oh, oh man, I'm torn right now on um. So I'm getting ahead, but Jefferson, because I just realized I put you. To, but I. Um... The problem with Jordan Jefferson, uh, Jordan Jordan, find <laughs> the two. Um, the problem with Jefferson is that like you can trade him for, like an elite quarterback at this point. Like you you can probably move him into, Mahomes, Josh Allen, or Jalen Hurts pretty easily. And at that point, I think I'd rather just do that. Uh, um, let me let me look where he is. Yeah, no, you're he, right. You're right. You're he's, right. He's like I, just, I just look where he was started. in comparison to quarterback. Yeah. I don't think you'd be able to move him into Mahomes or Allen. Hurts. No, not Mahomes. Not Mahomes or not, Allen. Not like straight up, but even like just a little extra to like tack no, on that. I think you you can you can move him into like Herbert. I don't know if I'd do that, but yeah, I think so I'd, like, Justin point, Fields definitely. Right now he's um, yeah. I mean, he's, again, he's ahead of. I don't think you're ever pulling this trade off, but he's ahead of Burrow slightly. And again, what about like Trevor me. Lawrence? He's ahead of Lawrence. He's ahead of Lamar. He's behind. The only quarterbacks he's behind is Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts. Yeah, at this point, we're just comparing. Like it's it's Jordan Jefferson, Jamar. Jordan Jefferson, geez, JT. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase are like tier their own. I think at this point, in terms of yeah, and then like that second CD's tier, kind of knocking like, on that door. It's like but. AJ Brown, uh, CD. Uh, yeah. But I, I think I, Justin Jefferson and, and Jamar Chase are definitely better yeah, than the rest. Still, and, and they're, I mean, kind of, I would say kind of still interchangeable. Offense. 
Like, <laughs> My guy, Terrace Marshall, was there too. <laughs> he hasn't done anything. And last thing, I, I do like Dobbs and Reed. I don't completely hate them, but fact of the matter is, is that I'd probably take a second round pick over either of them right now. Yeah, agreed. Oh, is that where the value? Uh, if so, then I'll probably switch over. Yeah. It's like close to it. Dobbs is right there. Um, yeah. Now, I'm going to say my piece on Addison because I, I, I have underrated on Jefferson, Hawkinson, and Addison. Yeah. Um, Her cousin Shooter. Yeah, I just think that this is a good offense. I think that you shouldn't be scared of the other players and the other teams and whatever. You should just evaluate the player that you're looking at. And good players are going to end up being good. And even though he's wide receiver 18, when you look at the actual price and the fact that his startup ADP is 506, Jordan Addison is a smash draft pick in startups right now and probably a pretty darn good actual pick. Nasty sophomore year profile, first-round pick NFL talent. He's on a good offense. He has a good quarterback. Don't overthink it. He's a good player. Underrated. I'm with you. Um, I, I put overrated. This is another one where I think I think the rating's about fair. I think he should be in that range around like 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 wide receiver twenty because if he's successful, you can easily see. Especially if you have a good rookie season, you're gonna get a, like a huge jump, and it's gonna help that number one corners are gonna be on Jefferson. It's just I, I there are a lot of good young receivers in that range, and if so if I had to lean one way or another, I could see yeah. Him. That's kind of where I lie too, because I, I do think he's getting closer to the point of where I'm going to flip it to you um, because it does feel like people have acknowledged like he's just going to be the wide receiver too to Justin Jefferson. Like, yeah, sucks, but whatever. Um, so it's gotten to the point where I'm ready to flip it to you, but at the end of the day, yeah, there are just a few other guys right around there that I'd just rather have than Jordan Asson, uh, Quinn Johnson being one of them. Um the only other thing I'll say though about this team, like I still think Jalen Naylor is criminally underrated. Like at four ninety five, yeah, four ninety five keep trade cut value. That's like saying he's not worth a roster spot. He's worth a roster spot. He's going to. I think he's better than KJ Osborne. KJ Osborne's like sixty wide receiver spots ahead of him. Um, time will tell, but I feel pretty confident that Jalen Naylor is going to be on that field a lot more than KJ Osborne is. That's all. <laughs> Anything all right. else you guys want to add? Nope. That's the uh, no, NFC North over-unders. Um, I think we're going to call it here. So if you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Really appreciate it. We'll catch you next Tuesday. Peace out. Have a good one. See ya. See you, everyone.